Hello, this is Billy Moon. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. It's 2022 already, season three. As COVID stays in our lives, I missed talking and learning from other creatives. And I discovered a newfound hobby of connecting people to other people to get close to their dreams. So bear with my interview skills, if any, and dive into the stills of life. Are you ready? Let's go. So I'm sitting here with John Tree Fry, who is a producer, writer, former pilot, former Olympic runner. And, <laughs> I don't know uh, about that. Former gladiator. <laughs> so, and he just came back from Santa Monica Beach, which is unheard of these days because I would never do that, especially in today's <laughs> climate. Excited to be here. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. And um, we met at a very strange company almost 10 years ago. That's right. I don't remember much, but I do remember you leaving. Mm. So, and it was, I remember it being quite tense. (laughs) And I think I was standing near you with your bags on your shoulders. I forget who you were talking to, but you were, it was a quick conversation and then you Mm. just left. It raised a lot of mental questions in my head. I was like, I wish I could do that. Am I going to do that? Hmm. Is that going to be me? But job security, I'm just going to shut up and stay here, do what they say. I do respect the fact that you did that. Thank you. Um, I, I think I was too scared to chase my dreams, mm. to take a positive risk. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I reflect on that um, time in my life uh, just as a big learning experience because, you know, that company, you know, is a tech company and we were doing video content. Um, for a tech company, which was so different than doing, you know, film or television. It was like quantity over quality. Yeah. And, you know, we had a quota, as you well remember. And that quota got more ridiculous after you left. Oh, I'm sure it did. Weekly. So the the takeaway that I have from that experience was um, I am super grateful for like learning about you know, tech companies and how they work and having the experience of, you know, working at a company with engineers and designers and product managers and, you know, that exposure, you know, just like totally opened my eyes to how the intersection of media, you know, entertainment, technology, you know, and advertising, you know, how that sort of nexus is so fascinating in, this modern era and you know for me that was like even though it was a really hard situation i was i'm really grateful that i had that experience and gained that that knowledge that's nice of you to say but you're from alaska yep you've always wanted to be a filmmaker i was born and raised in anchorage and i kind of came to film through photography oh I was interested in photography as a high schooler and I worked for the Anchorage Daily News as like a teenager. They had this like teen news program where we got one page of the newspaper or a couple pages, but the back page of the um, The like the metro section once a week. Yeah, I got published multiple times and it was really just a cool way to get, you know, free film and Uh be able to shoot all the time and you know so that was my introduction to the visual arts you know in a real way and I was like wow this is this is really cool and I was um, 
I helped build a dark room at my school and I was really into, you I know. I could use one of those right now. <laughs> um, so that was, that was how I kind of, my journey to becoming a filmmaker. And you started your own company. 4WT Media, yeah. Forward Media. 4WT, yep. So I, I, I moved to um, Los Angeles in 2008 after okay. doing some a little bit of postgrad work in Australia. You only go to places that start with the letter A. Yeah, that's a good it's a good uh, way to look at it. I guess I gotta go to Austria or Antarctica no. or Antigua no. or Alberta might be better, safer, <laughs> cleaner. The industry in Australia is much more open mm. than you know Hollywood. So you had a good time. I had a great time. The school was shit that I went to. The industry is good. The industry was good. And I actually had a student visa. So I stayed and started a company in Australia. 4WT Um, started there. It was at that time called Forward Thought Entertainment. That's a little long, but that sounds cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was was really just a chance to learn. I did, you know, um, commercials, music videos, corporate videos, anything I could do just to like work and get experience, like any role, any job. I was just like saying yes to everything. Cause I was a young, you know, guy at that time and just getting reps, you know, of experience was really important. And what's cool about Australia is it's very like, there's not as many gatekeepers, agents, managers, you Uh know, et cetera. So it was much more, it's much, it's much easier to just call somebody up and say, Hey, do you want to, you know, work on this thing that I'm doing. Was it tough to leave? It was, although my visa was expiring and I didn't really have a choice except like, you know, get married. And that wasn't, yeah, (laughs) I mean. They'll never catch me. I look like an Australian. (laughs) I, you know, I feel like what's interesting is you probably know this, even though you may not consciously know it, is that all the good Australian, you know, filmmakers, actors, anybody who works in the business, they all come to Hollywood yeah. anyway. The thing about Aussies is they're um, really, really hardworking, you know, mm-hmm. that not to like stereotype or generalize, but that's been my experience, um, especially Aussie crews, you know, people who are DPs or you know, um, up below the line, like they, to be able to work in this country, they've had to do the reverse of what I did. You know, they have to get a visa or a green card and it's super hard. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, But they are so good at their jobs that not only are they getting hired, but they're also going through all the immigration hoops, you know, which (sighs) I just have a, I have a ton of respect for for them because I've, done that in their country. Seriously. You're not just like making films and going into production, but you're also learning and experiencing how to run a business. Well, okay, so I started the business in 2012. I should also mention the company we worked for. Can I say the name? I'll just omit the name, but respect for you, Billy. I was there in um, 2010. That was when I was at, at that company and that was at that tech company after that company that was another media company where i actually got to build a whole video content department that company was called DocStock. it was later acquired by intuit that was a really great experience and it was when the ceo who's who's a real amazing uh, leader somebody who's you know um t- taught me so much jason nazar 
you know, he told me when I was taking that job, he's like, this is going to be like your own personal MBA program hmm. because you're making content for um, entrepreneurs, for business owners. Mm -hmm. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to, you know, leverage my network of, you know, VCs, CEOs, lawyers, accountants, all these different business professionals who were, you know, sharing their knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I did that. Um, I was there a year and I produced like 1400 videos. Jeez. And I don't know if you knew this, um, Corey Aikman, who was yeah, another yeah. colleague of ours, he subsequently ended up at DocStock, the, that company, on the team that I oh, okay. created. I didn't know that. Um, in terms of misconceptions around running a production company, I think one of the biggest ones that I learned was um, sales and marketing and how do you support the overhead, you know, whether it's just yourself or you have a team, you know, from pretty much the jump, like I had employees. So it was really high pressure just to be like, okay, how do we pay everybody's salary? I think that's a great question because how do you sell yourself when you're just a nobody? It's a lot easier than people think. I, I think especially young filmmakers or young entrepreneurs who are interested in like starting their own companies are really intimidated by being like well like the, what you just said i don't have anything to show or like how do i promote myself and i it was interesting just learning how they do it in tech where it's like sometimes they'll have you know whole marketing and you know sales pages for products that don't even exist yet and it's just a it's just a you know it's just how you put your brand you know, out into the world. Mm -hmm. And I think for, you know, if you're running a production company, it's really all about how do you demonstrate to your target market, who, who, whatever you're servicing, are you a wedding, you know, videographer production company? Are you events? Are you commercial? Are you branded content? You know, are you documentary? Whatever it is, just knowing what that audience will expect to see from a high quality vendor. And even if you don't have a lot of uh, stuff in your portfolio, um, you know, you can always create something on spec, you know, to demonstrate your capabilities. And, you know, that's how that's, just you know, going. it's just building on the next one. You know, you do something, you put it on your site, you put yeah. it forward in your sales materials, your no marketing. No, no emails, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what would you say was a memorable breakthrough? Uh, Jeff Swelling, who um, is an investor, and um, he was at um, a company called ZipRecruiter. Oh. And um, he called me because he knew me from DocStock, the company that oh. I left to do my own thing. And he hit me up, and he was basically like, Hey, um, ZipRecruiter is doing its first national TV ad, oh. and I want you to do it. And I was like, "Oh, just like that." I was kind of nervous, Billy. Like honestly, I was I was really I'd never done anything at that level. Yeah, you should be. I didn't know like 
what do you, how do you deliver that? Like what, you know, what does it mean working with a media agency? Like how do you, I kind of like deferred to, I knew this other company Oh. and I was like, well, like we could partner with these guys and you know, I'll never forget. I was on the phone with him. It was, um, it was, I believe it was the fall of 2012 after I had started my right own after. thing. And yeah, this is early on. And nice. Um, nice I had had, I, we were only in my apartment for like a few months and we were able to then get a small sublease. Wow. Had a really tiny little office, but what? I was outside this office at the Santa Monica airport. And <laughs> it's very um, quiet. I'm on the phone with him and I'm like kind of making excuses of like, well, why like, you know, we need this other company. And he was like, listen, John, I called you because like, I know your capabilities. <laughs> I know you can do this. So you need to just step up and do it. He was giving you a boost of confidence right there. Big time. And he was just kind of like calling me to like meet him where he expected that mm. I could be. And I'll never forget it. It was one of those moments where somebody just believed in me. He knew my work. He knew what I had, you know, done at Docstock. That was huge. That was a huge breakthrough where you know, um, I brought in my brother-in-law, Ben Bolay, who's an incredible uh, screenwriter, and he wrote the, the copy for the ad. Is you it know. one commercial? Or no, it's a series of commercials, oh, okay. and um, it did really, really well for ZipRecruiter. They, well, we only got, this is interesting, we only got paid once, this is common in how production mm. companies and media agencies are different, unless you have a you know, a fee structure where you get a back end of, yes. you know, the like spend, which is common for agencies, but not so common for a lot of production companies. Is that similar They'll, to ROI? Well, it's no, it's okay. So or just back end points. Yeah, back end points okay. essentially. So so, but it's it's more based on so that commercial. I think last I heard. You know, we released it, I think, in early 2013. Nationally? It, nationally. Only? Okay. It played like maybe 22,000 times. That's great. Something like that. Like a lot. Even if it's a dollar, that's already 22 grand. No, but see, I didn't get I didn't get paid like that. Oh. I got paid for... Just your day rate? <laughs> No, I mean, it was my company, so we got a fee for the entire thing, right? Just making it, yeah. Making it, yeah. you know, which included casting and copywriting and obviously shooting it, editing, all of that. But so, it was just a one-time gotcha. fee versus the way media agencies get paid is they get a percentage of each time there's a media buy. They're, each time that ad goes on television, they're getting a piece of that. Right. That's, so so that was like kind of a uh, one of that that actually planted one of the seeds for where I am now in my career, which is oh definitely same I with want, photography. You know, I wanted to I wanted to get away from. I didn't even know it then. You know, that was early on in my career, but I I really wanted to get away from, you know, making content f to sell other people's products, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know. But Unless that, they offer a nice budget, it's going to be hard to say no, right? Well, I don't get me wrong. I love commercials. I love branded content. That's yeah. really been the bread and butter of my business for the bulk of my career. But my true passion is, you know, telling original stories, original yeah, yeah. content. Yeah. 
Yeah, doc as well. Doc and docs, narrative. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you do narrative content early on as well, or that came much later? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. This is this is like realization I've just had recently. You know, um, my my business has. Um, you know, we crossed the ten year anniversary. You know, earlier this year in May. Congratulations. And um, thank you for so much of that time. I wasn't following my passion. Mm. I wasn't actually doing what I I should be doing for myself as a creative person, as as an artist. And um, it wasn't really until 2017 when I had the chance to produce a short film, a narrative short film, actually written by Ben Bolay, my brother-in-law, and my sister, Kate. Was that Souls? That was Souls yeah. of Totality. That was a good movie. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was honestly, Billy. It was like such a transformative experience for me because I had taken all those years of commercial experience of, you know, working with big clients like Netflix and Google, and yeah. I was like, my sword was really sharp. I knew how to do really good content, but I had never done narrative to that level. And we shot in. Um, Oregon on location mm. and we filmed during a solar eclipse. We had a single take, you know, starring, you know, Emmy winner Tatiana Maslany, shout out She-Hulk um, and yeah. Tom Cullen. It totally changed the trajectory of my career because, Good. you know, I finally had something, you know, narrative original yeah. that was, you know, really showing my capabilities and, you know, that just like really inspired me to keep going down that path instead yeah. of, you know, hey, let's keep doing commercials and branded content. I got to admit, I didn't fully get it, but I felt like it had an emotional impact on me. I think it's acceptable that short films, they don't have to be direct when it comes to atmosphere and drama. It's beautifully shot. Thank God that third act was you got the actors in focus and the audio was good because <laughs> you're like, guys, we're not getting this eclipse again. So, That's right. So nail it. That's okay? right. Don't touch your mics. Yeah. And remember the six feet rule with the lens. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. It was nerve wracking. It was like that, right? It was one of those doomed romantic yet hopeful kind of, it got to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's a really, really special uh, film. Yeah. And you, you know? won a bunch of awards. Yeah. We won three Oscar qualifying festivals. Yeah. We won Holly Shorts, you know, Grand Jury, um, St. Louis, Rain Dance um, okay. in London. Um, we went to Tribeca with that film. Nice. It was a real, again, it was a very pivotal moment for me in my career. And I'll tell you the big thing that I learned on that was working with incredible people. Mm. You know, you mentioned the cinematography. Um, Jaron Blaschke, who shot that film, um, is Robert Eggers' DP. Oh. Um, he was nominated for an Oscar for The Lighthouse. Oh. And, um, you, know, you know, film is a collaborative medium. Mm -hmm. And if you work with really, really good people, then your odds of creating something really good are just way higher. Yeah, of course. How do you, I don't know if you've ever come across this, but how do you work with like difficult people? It's a great question. As a callback to our time at that company, you know, <laughs> the CEO is like famously hard to work with. And um, surprised he's not in the news today. Yeah, well, I think, you know, he largely kind of has has sort of, you know, 
he's he's much more known as like an investor and a thought leader now and less of like he's directly you know has employees and i think he's he he was lucky in that you know the sort of social media wave was just like beginning at that time i feel like call it that sure (laughs) because if there was some like live stream like you know that taught me that you know you don't need to like always like like or totally vibe with the people that you work with and you can still do great work i've gone on to deal with really difficult people in you know in the film you know industry as i'm sure you have i always just like it's usually a crew member and and i've had that i've had that many many times and i'll tell you like i think it really depends on what your role is i just learned that i needed to really know where my limits were to like die on a hill of being like this person is out of line or trying to like call them out or you know correct that behavior or whatever um if you're not in that position that's not your role then you can it can you can make your life very difficult and i'm not saying that you give people a pass for terrible behavior or treating people like like shit I'm just saying, I always think that especially in a film set, kindness and compassion are the like the currency because it's so high stress, it's so high stakes. Like you said with the with souls, right? It was like we had one chance to get that shot. And there was a difficult crew member on that project. I'm What's not gonna his name? I'm not gonna say who. The point is, you is that me. We got through that and the results are amazing. Yeah. And I was a decision maker on that project. If I really wanted, I could be like, you're fired, dude. Get the hell out of here. I could have done that. But at the end of the day, I made the decision that we there was a way to get through it. And we had a talk and we really, I ended up having to advocate for a number of other crew members who had come to me and said, hey, this person is really making our jobs hard and so ultimately and your heart must have been racing because you're like conflict fuck it sucks for sure nobody wants that no one but you know i think that again you know dealt with it very calmly very professionally treated this crew member with respect and it also got better as a result of that and so the people who had brought that up were able to get through the project, mm. you know, in a way that was, you know, bearable. People don't want to work with assholes. No. And on the projects that I run and, the, you know, when I hire and I, you know, on, on some of the stuff like 5150, which, you know, we can, we can talk more about, you know, I hired a bunch of people on that project. And, you know, as the lead producer, um, one of my you know, guiding lights. One of my fundamental principles is no assholes. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care if you're the best. You've got, you know, Emmys, Oscars. If you are not there to treat other people with dignity and mutual respect, then you don't have a place on a project that I'm running, Mm -hmm. you know, and that helps really weed out, you know, people who are problematic and, if you just do your homework, you do a good vetting process, you interview folks well, and you get some references, you can usually spot a problematic crew member. With 5150, that was a that was a really fun set. 
And that was um, a genesis for you and Denzel Whitaker mm-hmm. coming up with this uh, short film because it's a concept for a series you guys want to do? Yeah. Can you share the status of that yeah, today? Yeah. So 5150 is um, a project that we shot together. Yeah. You know, you, Billy, were the unit photographer yeah. um, and did an amazing job on Thank that. You. And um, it was really cool, you know, just for us to be able to work together after many years. We were one of the first projects to get um, SAG clearance. It was really early on in the right, pandemic. Right, if right after the governor approved, we are essential. Yeah, so we got, it was, the, we got it was, the green light. It was pretty. It was pretty. That was uh, great. It was high stakes. You know, we were like, this is pre-vaccine, obviously, yeah. and um, so you know, I had met Denzel Whitaker, who was the director of that project, and then was the co-writer of Fifty One Fifty. We met on a previous short film that I produced called Will the Machine. That that. He was um, he, he was an actor and also a producer on that that project mm-hmm. and uh, amazing, you know, film, uh, you know, uh, incredible filmmaker called Kent Lamb, who um, I'm a huge fan of. He was and, great. Uh, so Denzel and I had met through that project. But how? Because he was already a very well-known working actor. So how did you guys link up in the first place? Well, we I wasn't actually involved with casting Denzel, but we had a mutual connection through Kent, the the, okay. um, the director and co-writer, Denzel, even though, you know, he has a high profile as, a, as an actor, you know, Black Panther, yeah. um, Great Debaters, um, you know, more recently he's been on The Purge television series. Yeah. Um, he's a really, really just approachable, genuine, amazing collaborator. And that's yeah. what he brought to Will the Machine. And so we really just, you know, hit it off as, you know, creative collaborators during that process. And he said, hey, I've got this thing called 5150. You know, will you help me with it? And at that time, it was um, just a short. It was just a short film that he yeah. had written. We basically started working together. And I was I came on originally to produce it. But then I really got excited about writing. And this is part of my evolution as a filmmaker. Right. And so... Because you're going to direct pretty soon, too. But it was really amazing for us to just, you know, be in the trenches together through the development process. Mm. And that was... We actually started in fall of 2018. Wow. And we developed that project for... Um, over a year and a half before we shot it in uh, May, June of oh, okay. 2020. Yeah, I was just trying and, to remember what month it was. Um, both of us had a really high bar. Denzel had actually met um, David Oyelowo at a Sundance and pitched him 5150. And he was like, yeah, I want to help you guys with this. And he came on as an executive producer. Hold on. It was like that? Yeah, and so, you know, we built a relationship with, with David and, and his company, Yoruba Saxon, and, you know, they were amazing as partners and really supported us. And David um, himself, you know, huge um, advocate for us and, and actually helped us secure Giovanna Depo, oh, who's the, 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 the actor. Okay. Um, we had we had jo- uh, Javon on our radar, and we were like, "Hey, David, you know, will you help us?" And he was like exploding, and he still is exploding. Oh no, Javon is incredible. I mean, so it's he's, like, did you have that like worry? Like, how are we going to get him to do a short film? It's so hard, honestly, Billy. Like, I've experienced this. I've you know, I've worked with a number of name actors across yeah. you know sh- my my body of work, and um, it's hard for shorts because 
You know, there's no money. It's, it's a short. Um, but here's the thing, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, is that if you have a cool project um, and you can really pitch it well and get it in front of you know, actors, yeah. you know, th- they want to work with, you know, Just filmmakers with good story, you know, gr- great stories and filmmakers with a POV, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like, hey, you know, Denzel and John as, you know, co-creators of this, this concept 5150, we, you know, pitched Javon with David's help. You know, Javon came on board and then nobody could have predicted that the pandemic was going to hit in spring of 2020. You easily assume like this guy's going to drop out. Too much time has gone by. Yeah. Like we were just pandemic. He's a big star. The pandemic was just, yeah, he was, he was nominated for an Emmy for Watchmen. Watchmen, Yeah. That was a great show. You know, he, he, I mean, incredible performance. If you haven't seen it. Very brave Um, performance. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just just jaw dropping, and yeah. I think he's just an, an amazing actor. And so Denzel and I had this kind of unconventional pathway to develop the series. You know, through doing a short film as a proof of concept, we're not going to ask permission of the industry. Oh, can you make this TV show? It's like, no, we're just going to show you. We're going to show you what like a little taste of it is. And it was also, you know, my first real, you know, writing experience. You know, for this is again for the short that yeah. I'm talking about writing the short. Um, but then we ended up subsequently using the same process to write the pilot, you know, which is a full length, um, it's a 60, 60 minute. Um, I'll read that. I'll send it to you. It, it was cool because, you know, we, we also would just let the creative process be really open. So maybe, you know, Denzel had the scene at the manager's office and then my scene was like at the house and they, you know, it's the same beats in terms of the outline and the script, but the, you know, the setting, the characters, there can be a lot of divergence and a lot mm. of variability with how, you know, you bring your own originality fun. to that and then we just re- would kind of hash it out and it was like no ego whose ever ideas are better and ultimately i really enjoy that process working with a co-writer because like i'm i'm an extrovert so i get a lot of energy from other people that's how denzel and i wrote 5150 both the short and then the pilot did you guys sell it so we're we haven't um taken it out yet um, oh. So we um, we were the story with fifty one fifty was you know we finished it in twenty yeah. in the fall yeah. and we um, went to Tribeca also we were opening night at Holly Shorts um, in twenty twenty one so this was the year you know after we shot it it was weird because that you know at that time like Tribeca for example was real kind of hybrid. It wasn't fully in person, you know. This was this was oh. June of 2021. You know, during that time, we developed the pilot mm. because we did not, when we shot the short, we did not have the pilot written. Mm. We were just focused on okay, we need to have the short be amazing. You know, we got through that and then you know took that time to to really hone in on what is the larger story of the series, all of that stuff, and we're finally there and I I can't say who we're going out to but you know some of the most exciting you know companies producing television oh good and we're we got you know you got in a room with them we're we're in the beginning of that process we've already we've already had um, a couple informal pitches and we got some really great um, interest 
And so these executives have read the pilot? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we and we and our pitch is really, really tight and dialed. Nice. You know, we've been, you know, leaning on some of our friends who are, you know, writers and showrunners yeah. to help us. You know, we're, we pitch them, right? And then we, like, get their feedback. You know, tear it to shreds. Tell us, you know, what sucked about the pitch. Were you able to pitch these in person? No. Ooh. Our pitch is, like, 23, 25 minutes long, and we're doing it virtually, which is really how I have heard most people are taking pitches these days. You can have your script kind of there, and you're just, like, it's easier to perform And your it. visual aids and stuff like that. Yeah, and then, it's like, easier. we're presenting, like, we've got a visual, like, a deck that we present along with the pitch. And we, sh- we actually show the 5150 trailer, mm. um, which is really good. It is. Yeah, we're, we're, we've already gotten some yeses, but, nice. you know, we're, we're really excited about... Um, Wait, hold on. Yes, like, we'll buy it? Or yes, we'll buy it well, and the, go into we're pitching Well, we're pitching um, production companies. So they're okay. not buyers. They are, they, they are saying, yes, we will develop this with you. We will take it out. We will pitch buyers with you. Okay. You know, because like we're, Denzel and I are both new to television as writers. So we are, what we need to do is we need to, we need to partner with experienced and more established you know, production company, producers, and other writers as well. Um, so that's where we are, is we're pitching, you know, to those um, companies. Okay, that's exciting. You also produced your sister's film, How to Be Alone. Uh-huh. And I'm a huge fan of Michael Monroe. Oh, amazing, yeah. yeah. I will say one funny trivia thing about her. She tends to play loners who's being followed Mm-hmm. And have you seen her in The Stranger? I have uh, um, the wa- the Watcher. That's a feature. I saw that too. I haven't seen The Stranger. No, The Stranger. It was a Quibi. She's really good in it. She's good. She's good in like everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. We did that. I mean, that's just another testament to an amazing team. Is your it, sister younger or older? She's younger. She's um, about Kate three three, three and a half years younger. Did you guys kind of start at the same time with like the film love? Um, yes. Yeah, well, she went to she went to NYU Ooh. with a focus more on you know was really interested in writing. You know, she's an amazing writer outside of you know screen screenwriting. We actually both moved out to LA kind of around the same time. I came out a little bit before. It's funny. She worked. You guys didn't like move in together. No, she was living with her boyfriend at the time. You know, who's now her husband. Oh, okay. So, oh, um, so they go way back. Yeah, they've been together forever. They co-wrote Souls of Totality together, and then she wrote um, How to Be Alone, which was um, really around anxiety around like pregnancy, pregnancy and yeah. mother being a mother. We shot that in in uh, 2018. Mm. She was five months pregnant, mm-hmm. and that's a little trivia um, about the the film. And I saw the B roll. Yeah. She must have been pretty we, stressed. It, it was, I mean, she just did such an amazing job and, you know, incredible cast. Micah Monroe, yeah. you know, it follows the guest. Um, Joe Keery, the obviously, guest. Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, just amazing um, performances. And um, and then also, you know, shout out to our cinematographer, Caleb Heyman. Was, oh, that was him. Yeah. So he went on to sh- most recently, you know, did season four of Stranger Things. Yes. Um, Great so season. Just an incredible, you know, um, cadre of of John. This you know, has been very uh, lucky coincidence. It's not luck, these, buddy. There's some luck. No, 
I mean, the luck is 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 really just that you're putting in you know a huge amount of work, and you obviously don't know how the market or the audience will receive things. But I really believe that you you know you work with great people, you do great work. Odds are you're gonna have a good outcome. There is amount a bit of luck of like well for another film that I did called Stucco with Janina Gavankar, you I know saw the trailer. There was there was some luck involved that people were locked in like in, in lockdown during the pandemic and that film like blew up. It was like it's one of the most you know viewed short films oh. of you know 2020 if not all, of all time. Oh, it's under 20 for sure. Okay, but the point is the point is um, that. Because I, I also came on that project later. Mm-hmm. I came on as a, as a producer later to help more on the distribution. Anyway, point is, like, I don't believe in luck as, like, part of the outcomes. It's really, like, yes, there are things out of your control as a filmmaker and as a creative person, but... You may be the first filmmaker to say he doesn't believe in luck. No, I don't think, I don't think so. I think, you know, there's, there's things that are out of your control, but I just sure. don't think that it's like, I want to be really proactive to do the best job that I can. And that's like, comes down to everything that comes down to who you're working with, sure. you know, what, you know, wh- what's the vibe on set, you know, how are people feeling, you know, going back to 5150 for a second, people told Denzel and I, this is by the way, you were there, it was in, you know, peak pandemic, it, people were dying, New York was like on fire at that time. Yeah, we had this super, like very, very rigid, um, extremely complicated COVID process. And, you know, we had to hire a COVID-19 supervisor, which, you know, what is that job? Like nobody even knew what that job was. It's a cop prior to COVID, in spite of all of that, I mean, thank God, you know, the set, nobody got sick, you know, whatever. But the reason is, is because we did the work. We provided the kind of the framework and the whole process. And we really, really made sure to keep people safe. And then guess what? People were like, this is one of the best sets that I've ever worked on. Multiple crew members and cast said that to Denzel Mm -hmm. and I. And Denzel, I mean, kudos to him. He's an amazing director. You saw it firsthand. You know, he knows how to direct actors as an actor himself. But the point is, going back to this idea of luck, it's like, no, we really put our heart and soul into making that set a really great place for people to be creative, be vulnerable, bring their their very best. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, no, that's not luck that it like ended up being good. We helped create the conditions so that, you know, it could be really excellent. When you were producing for your sister, was there any like uh, concern that this may not go well because she's my sister? You know, I it's interesting um, that some, I think, siblings or people, you know, like working together, maybe, you know, um, that is a concern for us. It's it's not been. Um, we're really close, and we worked together first on Souls. I mean, yeah. we had done other smaller stuff together, and oh, good. I actually had hired her. Um, she's an amazing um, art director, and oh. um, she had done art department, you know, on a bunch of my branded stuff um, oh. for for years, and um, prior to us doing um souls of totality together you know it's she as a as a you know collaborator i just look at her the same way i look at anybody else which is you know i want to treat you with 
a lot of respect for what you're bringing and especially on a short film where you're not paying people very much it's you know you have to you have to have an extra level of professionalism i've always really seen how incredibly talented she is and for how to be alone it was her directorial debut yeah you know it's her first time directing and you know the film she should do is more. is awesome yeah. you know it premiered at south by southwest um, you know, did really well. It was shot um, in the same studio space, right? Yeah, it was shot yeah. in the same studio space. Um, uh, amazing studio called Small Green Door in in Commerce, um, mm-hmm. just uh, near downtown Los Angeles. That experience, especially for Kate being super pregnant at the time, I knew that she just needed support. And sure. I just surrounded her with the very best people. I just made sure that she, you know, had an amazing DP, in Caleb, she had an amazing um, production designer, editor, down the line. I mean, it was every, all good. It was all good craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best producers are the ones who can really support directors and help them all the ways that the director may not even realize that they need help. Mm. You know, and really just just watching their back, watching their back, but but really pro- like forming like a, a sort of a phalanx if you will. So, you know, I, I love working with Kate. I love working with Ben. You know, Ben's, Ben's you know, nice. like my brother, he's, we're very close. Um, I got to tell you, I, when I was watching season two of Stranger Things and her name came up in the opening titles and all across the board, right? Three years before you contacted me out of blue. And I was like, Kate Tree Fry, huh? And for some reason, I didn't put the two of the two together. Like, you're related. I was like, oh yeah, I know another tree fry, but not really. Eh, couldn't possibly be connected. <laughs> I just brushed it off for that whole season. That happens to be my favorite season, by the way. Um, season two is fire. Yeah, it's definitely the most emotional uh, impact on me because I, I like how each season is about a different theme and that mm-hmm. one was about reconnection. Mm. Your favorite characters were reconnecting with their someone they lost or love and Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was like, and then years later, I was like, oh, shit, they're related. That's yeah. so cool. There's not that many tree fries out there. No, there um, isn't. And and in terms of Alaskan tree fries, like that list is a very, very <laughs> Alaskan short. Alaskan tree fry. When does that restaurant open? We, uh, <laughs> I mean, Alaska's amazing. I, you know, I'm is so grateful. Is salmon as good as people th- say? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. It's incredible. I'll go. Yeah. Did so. you try to, you know get on stranger things yourself you know i i love the show it's you know it's go ahead my so my kind of journey into television is like i'm interested in writing and producing television so to to not directing yet not yet i mean i need i need to i need to really get there i feel like i've done my reps for producing for sure like i'm a really good producer i i know that People yeah. who, who, you know, have worked with me, I hope would say that. And I have done, my, I've done, you know, not as many reps. I'm not at my 10,000 hours yet for writing, but I'm getting there, you know, and I've written this pilot um, and I've also written a feature um, recently. And yes. um, so in terms of, you know, having a place at the table in terms of Stranger Things, it's like I, I wasn't there yet. You know, in terms of my contributions, I can't. You know, just because I value your experience, or your, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you know, I needed to kind of go through you my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, what about now? I think now. I, I mean, mean, it's I'm, only one more season, but I'm much more. I'm farther along, you know, on my on my journey. But mm-hmm. it's you know, it's um, their team is so locked yeah. and buttoned up at this point. It's like yeah. they're not looking to bring in you know new people, especially you know people who are untested, right? And I mean, in TV, it's super competitive. Yeah, you know, like your it's, name itself has to sell tremendously. But I'm a huge sense. I'm a huge fan of the show and you know multiple, oh I love it I love it you know multi, uh, you know Joe Curie I've I've worked with he's an amazing actor Caleb yeah. you know shot it um, you know Kate and you know there's I I just am s- such a big fan of of what they're doing and it's yeah. like they're they're remaining authentic you know it's hugely commercially successful but they're not like losing the DNA of like what mm. made it special Agreed. to begin with it's I gotta admit as redundant as the story is it's all four have been very strong i was very pleasantly surprised because when before season three and four i was you know i was honestly nervous because i was a big fan and i was like damn it's great it's really sad it's coming to an end um yeah well stay tuned there's gonna be it's definitely not the last that you've heard oh that's right they announced the spinoffs and stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm excited because we're gonna see 11 fly Mm. That's just my theory. I don't know anything, people. That's just my guess. <laughs> she's gonna. I think she's gonna fly. Well, pay. Uh, keep your eye out for um, Kate. It was announced um, is working on a uh, Broadway um, play adaptation of Stranger Things. So keep your oh. keep your eyes out for that. Is that public news? Yeah, I never public. heard that one. Yeah, that's that's public. It's been announced. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. A real musical. Sort of. I, I, yeah, I, I will not say, and I don't know, and I can't say. I don't but know. Is this I don't an, know anything about it. Is this actual Broadway, or is this a musical feature? Uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to look it up. Oh, I'm, wow. I'm not gonna, that's I'm, cool. I'm not going to say any, anything. That's exciting. Yeah, because I don't know anything, actually. Yeah, your face is telling me different, but okay. Hmm. John, tell us about these features. By the way, I'm really happy for you that you are venturing into the narrative fictional world i had that same realization too i was working a bunch of office jobs and even after that and after that i've always wanted to be a director and then i tried it and then it wasn't until five years ago i put directing on pause and but at the luckily at the same time i fell in love with still photography and it was a scary epiphany where i was like oh my god my heart is saying i i don't think i want to direct anymore it was frightening dude Mm. So I was like, like Al Pacino said in Heat, like, I, I don't know how to do anything else. Mm. And I don't want to. And De Niro's like, no, do I? And, uh, but gosh, I wish I started this years ago. Mm. Just to get ahead, you know? Like, I could be in the union by now. Definitely regretting my earlier life for sure. But, but I mean, you love what you do, right? You're passionate love about it. what you do. I love it very much. It's freaking hard. The hustle is still the same. As, as you know, maybe I'll come back to directing. I don't know. Well, the, you know, what's cool, I think, now about where the, this this kind of like exact moment that we find ourselves in now is like you don't have to be one thing. Like I'm kind mm. of living proof of that. Like, you know, we were at that company together. I was kind of in I was in tech and I was like, you know, doing video for tech companies and I could have gone on a different a track. 
I was a culinary producer. A big you know? reality star, yeah, in Belgium. Um, so, but I think, you know, it's it's really about just your belief in yourself to, to really be excellent at whatever it is that you do. And like for me, I kind of woke up in 2020 and, you know, business was, was really difficult. You know, the pandemic shut everything down. Trump um, was still president. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It was a hard time. And I, I was like, I need to make a change. And so it was a big kind of inflection point for me where I was like, I don't want to just keep doing what I've been doing. I need to do something different that's mm. more aligned with what my heart that's going really, back to taking that positive risk. Yeah. You, you know, you and you have to. You have to be able to, you know, yes, Jeff you told me years ago, Jeff, you know, Jeff Swelling when he told me like, "No, you you can do this. You can do a national TV commercial. You've never yeah. done it before." And it's like people do shit that they've never done before all the time. Right? Yeah. It's like, you know, the first time that you're you know, directing, you know, the, the big thing that, you, you know, you've never done before. Like, that's the first time. But, you know, you you somehow people, you know, have the opportunity and, you know, you just have to you have to believe in yourself to be able to, you know, achieve that. And that's nice of you to say. And a lot of uh, other friends have been supportive of like, oh, well, look where you are at now. I mean, all that happened, all those years of remorse and trials and tribulations happen so that you could be the person you are now. But I'm always disputing that. I'm like, yeah, but I could be that person years earlier had I started this, you know, earlier, started that earlier, started networking. I was a shy, super shy, John, super shy. I still don't know how to network properly. It's like the hardest thing. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, I, you know, knew you 10 Plus years ago, actually, at this point, you know, it was like 11 years ago that I think we were working I don't know together. Anymore. It's um, a blur. Just, just for the record, no I don't look in the past, people. I don't dwell on the past. That's <laughs> why I don't remember much, which is, I think is healthy. Maybe. Depend <laughs> depends, how, depends how you're kind of, are you, are you not looking at it because you're avoiding it or are you? No, 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 no. I, I just naturally just don't think about the past well uh, what i wanted to say is like just kind of knowing you then in you know that 10 years ago versus yes, now um you know you you know have you know grown as a as a you know creative as a as a person i mean sure. you know so i can just say that because like you know we didn't work together for a period of time you know in the middle and um it's cool it's i i told you this actually the other day when we talked of like you know, it's cool that you're still doing creative work because there's a lot of people who like it's hard. It's a really hard, you know, career to be in entertainment. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're still um, doing it, I think, is a real testament to your passion and your skill. At the end of the day, like, again, going back to this idea about like luck, like I don't believe in luck. I believe in if you give yourself the highest likelihood of success, you will ultimately succeed at some point. It may take a couple tries, but if you keep working at it, this is why I've done so many short films. Like, would I have liked to, you know, do do a, you know, do a feature, you know, in that time, like since 2017? Yes. Fuck yes. But you know, and I ha and I have produced doc features since since then. But I'll tell you, 
I, you know, I had, I had the ability to do short films and I just did it because I wanted to keep working. I wanted to keep growing as a filmmaker, as a storyteller. And guess what? I'm producing a feature now. Yes. So it's, tell us. It's, you know, it's, it's been that journey. Um, actually with, um, with my amazing creative partner, RJ Collins, who I wrote uh, a feature with. I saw that. Um, we The sci-fi we, one? Yeah, we have a feature, uh, uh, sci-fi feature called Vapor, which is in development. Um, it's, uh, it's set in a um, post-climate change disaster where um, water is currency. Just like now. It's, it's coming. It's it's coming, and so we <laughs> we been really fun to to work with RJ um, on that. But um, he brought me on to a project he's directing called Left Alone, mm. which is a screen life movie starring RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad. Yeah. And so we're um, we are teed up to to shoot in you know Q4 Q1 so later this year early next year that's great but the reason that i got that opportunity was i kept working at the other narrative projects that were smaller to get me to this point you sure. know where RJ and Steven Mastercola the writer um, and their team basically said, John, will you come on and produce this, mm. you know, with us? It was because I had that body of work. Yeah, of It was course. because they knew like, oh, this guy, you know, he's going to put himself, he's going to pour his heart and soul into it. He's um, legit. He'll work hard. Yeah. He has a family. Yeah. So, so he'll work hard. Exactly. So we're finishing packaging. Mm. Um, uh, also attached is Jeff Nordling, um, who you saw in Big Little Lies amazing uh, actor good for you yeah it's exciting this and is your first narrative feature no it's not i actually i co-produced ben bolay's um first feature um called oh. bad fan and that was years ago oh but, but again it was um just at a different level you know yeah. <laughs> it was at a different level I mean, so yeah. i'm really um grateful for all the growth this is like i just really i'm a huge believer in like finding the silver lining of like okay yes it's been a journey to get here i'm 39 dude i'm gonna be 40 next year Fuck. um yes would i have liked to sort of have this knowledge and this perspective when i was like in my 20s and i first kind of like yes. really set my mind to like being a filmmaker of course yes but you know how much better i am now that i have the experience and i also just have a much better understanding of myself yeah. and what I have to say. What is my point of view? Like, you know, and I think young filmmakers really struggle with that. I certainly did. That's oh, really admirable, John. It's, um, yeah, you've come a long way. You're a married man. I am. You have a son. I do. I got to admit, I'm nowhere near ready to be in that life stage mm. because... I fear I can't handle two worlds. Mm. 100% here, 100% there. Mm -hmm. What is it like? Yeah, I think a lot of people in the entertainment industry feel that. I mean, um, I had a lot of anxiety about being married and being a father, you know? Yeah. And um, I. It's all encompassing. It is, but you know what? Um, I now my my son Johannes is um, almost a year and a half old, 
and um, damn, that was fast. Uh, it was. It's just been an amazing experience because I I like have these like vivid memories of like these dads like taking me aside like prior to us having a baby and being like, well, you know, your life's over. <laughs> you know, like that's what I say. And it's not true. Like that's bullshit. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. No, it's not. I mean, look at me. I, I'm. I'm thriving. I, I'm. You know, living a very full life, and I'm working, and I'm having a great time. And I just think that it's. Um, it's super demanding. Yes, like having a baby is really terrifying. But um, you know, it, I. I think that um, people in our business, in particular, they put it off. And they put it off and then you get to the point where you actually can't anymore you're like so old that like you know it becomes really really hard for you and it's like no i don't i don't think that's the way to go i think that you know you're never going to be fully mature or fully ready to to like you know take that leap you just have to do it and trust that like you're going to figure it out And, you know, for me, like it did start with my wife, you know, as Mara, we we have an amazing connection and an amazing relationship first. Yes. And so from that, then we were able to bring a child into that space with us. And um, yeah, did it affect my work performance? You bet. You know, I wasn't fully in. You know, I would be grinding out, you know, at my office in, in Hollywood, you know, 50, 60 hours a week prior to having a child. And, you know, th- those days are, are, you know, no longer available for me um, because I do have a, a child. But it's been a big eye opener to me to be like, well, that's actually not what the lifestyle that I wanted anyway. Mm. Why do I want to be in the office grinding 50 to 60, you know, 60 plus hours a week anyway? Mm-hmm. Why don't I find more of a balance? Why don't I be more involved in my son's life yeah. and figure out how I can adapt my career to support the other priorities in my life? And it's not like you said, like 100% in this world or 100% in that world. Like, I actually don't think it's like that for anything because even you right now, you don't have that same, you know, kind of responsibility of a family or a child, but yet even in your personal life or anybody, you're not fully 100% like, oh, this is my personal life, you know, whatever, this is my yeah, career, that's a good point. you know? And so it's not a binary like that. And, you know, being a parent isn't for everybody, but um, I think that if you want to do it, for me, it was just like, do it just like you, you want to do everything. Be really good at it and be an excellent dad, be an excellent partner, and the rest will figure itself out. Is your wife in the industry? She, oddly enough, works for Netflix. She works on the consumer products team. Um, so does, does that help because she has a good understanding of like what your work life is like? She, yeah, absolutely. She's and super supportive and has you know my schedule. You know, much like yours, is a lot different than like a you know yeah. normal corporate schedule. Right. Um, like I her schedule, hours a day. for example, you know, is a lot more predictable. Like prior to the uh, pandemic, you know, I was like on the road a lot for work. I mean, I was gone at least like one weekend a month, if not more. Damn. You know, like for that years. 
for That's years. And because, you know, we were shooting all over. We shot in, you know, all over the country. You know, I've done projects in Singapore, Mexico City, Australia, you know, all Singapore. through my company. And, you know, it was demanding. It was really, really demanding uh, travel wise. And um, my wife has always been very supportive of that. How long have you been together? We met in 2014. Gosh, where can I find someone who could understand? And Anyway, this is turning into a different thing. Well, well, I'll tell you this. It helps to know what you want and what you don't want. Because I think dating in, you know, anywhere now or in L.A., I guess I'll, I'll say that. Because, you know, that was my experience. Was <laughs> If there is such a thing. It's it can be a real kind of it can be a jungle you know where it's just like it is you know yeah. with the dating apps and everything yeah. and and people have fictional status images and i think half the people just don't want to be real so for me it's like tricky. when i met her i was like it helped that i started to really get a idea of what i wanted and a partner really started to sort of gel and i was you know mature enough in my life yeah i want to gel with someone for sure you know that word is key that's good, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm so grateful. I'm super happy. You know, it's 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 a really rewarding, enriching. Makes me a better storyteller, honestly. Oh, interesting. You know? Because of your romance. It makes oh, you and I mean, just just the whole experience. Okay. I mean, you know, being fatherhood. Yeah, being just see being in the real stuff of life. Like yeah. Being in the delivery room with my wife, you know, and like catching the baby. Oh. You know, so like that, anxiety. that experience, like, it, you know, that's stuff that I want to put into my work, you know, mm. into my creative, you know, viewpoint. It's like I have a per point of view as a father now. That's totally true. Because I, I tell this, I tell young friends, because everybody hates turning 30. You're turning 30, not 80. Why do you guys talk like it's death? But I don't say that anymore. I say you should be excited because you're going to see more and not just physically. Like you'll get it when it happens, and and it's also a nice, a soft reset because you're mm. starting at zero again. Mm. I know I'm a well well aware that number three is there, mm. but you're just you're gonna res reset. You're gonna see more, and they'll probably be the best years of your life. Has for has been for me. Yeah, you know. And now that your wife is working on Netflix, she's bringing home all kinds of Netflix merch, <laughs> filling up your house. <laughs> All, how many more toys and sweaters from Stranger Things can you handle? <laughs> Not that many. I mean, we're <laughs> we're we're actually you know fans of like KonMari and getting rid of stuff, so we try to keep it. Oh, I'll you know, take some. Uh, kind of Spartan. Um, I'll keep you. I'll keep you in mind. We do. We do get some cool merch. You know, once in a while. Yeah, if you got um, Black Mirror, Ozark, Stranger Things, I'll take any okay. merch. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, I love, I love the way that family and my personal life, like just, you know, it's working out. It's, it's, you got to prioritize it. You know, yeah. you really have to make the time and space for it because, mm -hmm. um, I don't ever want to be like an absentee father or husband. You know, that's like, that's like my yeah. worst fear is that I'm, you know, not there for, you know, my family. That's in the your way worst that fear? I, one of them for sure. Was your father in your life? He was, he was, and he is. Okay, okay. and we're really close. And I mean, okay. you know, especially as we I, get I older, know, so. you know, we I think things change. Twenty twenty sure. was a really you know crazy year for me because um, that's the year Asmara got pregnant, but also I lost my mom. 
you know, that year. Short, <sighs> not that long after 5150, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, just this idea of, you know, being in the real stuff of life as filmmakers, I think sometimes, you know, we can kind of get, you can get on a different track where it's like, you know, you're on a project for weeks or even months and it can kind of like take you out of the rotation of like normal life. And so it's just been important for me to like stay grounded, you know, especially after my mom passed, I was like, I realized how important it was for me to be close with my sister, my brother, my dad, and our family because our mom was like the the glue that held everybody together. Yes. You know, so... um, They all are. Being a dad through that lens of like thinking about, oh, well, how can I, you know, my mom never got to meet my son, you know, but we named him, his middle name is after his mom. Oh, so the, the the cycle continues, right? Yeah. It's like it's it's a beautiful cosmic journey that we're all on. And yeah. you know, I don't separate a lot of like how I think about family and my personal life from work. It's all very much around my values and what I believe and what I wanna be what I wanna leave, you know, what is the impact and the ripples that I wanna leave, mm. you know, in my work and in the people that I love. We have to conclude because you're going to be an actor for an hour. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Shoot. Favorite movie today? Big Lebowski. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Gold or silver? Gold. Hiking or swimming? Hiking. Ice cream or cake? Ice cream. A couple other questions and then we'll finish. Um, as a producer, what would be like your biggest fear? My biggest fear would be that I would compromise like what I believe and what I stand for in service of like, you know, art or a project then gets out in the world and it's not, I don't feel Mm. good about it. It's not who I am. Love with it a little bit. Or like, think about like, you know, say you were, say you were working on a project. Like I'll give you a quick uh, anecdote of this. Like I, in working in commercials, I, for a time, I, you know, worked with some companies that were in the the oil and gas industry just by chance. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm, I do some of my documentary work is focused on, you know, sustainability and climate change and regenerative agriculture. And I'm really passionate about it. And meanwhile, like early on in my career, like I ended up sort of getting, in business with a you know companies not all companies in oil and gas are bad but i just kind of i remember you know working on this client project and i was like what am i doing like exactly. i'm working you know and and that's the, what i mean about like working on something that i don't that's not in line with my values yes yes i ask that myself every year you know compromising what i believe mm. to like get a paycheck <sighs> what if it's a juicy paycheck you gotta, you know, you gotta be able to say no. I, I said no to a really big paycheck. Um, Was it Nike? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Last question: What movie, made or unmade, do you wish you produced or trilogy? Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Um, so it's Jodorowsky's Dune. Well, John, this has been fantastic. Uh, I learned a lot from you. It's too bad we got to cut it short right now because I could talk to you even more. 
Well, I appreciate it. I'm I'm a fan of the podcast. You know, it's really an honor well, to you. be asked. Uh, you know, people want to connect with me. I'm on Instagram at John Tree Fry. Four W T is my uh, is my company. Um, I also have a new uh, project um, focused on helping short filmmakers called Short Film Deep Dive. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I've learned a ton in shorts. And so I really, it's like a black box. There's a lot of stuff about shorts people don't know. And it took me many years to figure it out. So I'm now helping other short filmmakers. You're being a mentor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, great. I'm, I'm, you know, breaking down like how to do it. How do you create yeah. an award-winning short film? Yeah. Um, so if people want to, you know, short filmmakers, you know, if people want to check me out, that's that's a great way to find me too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And then I definitely want to sit down with you again after at least two of your features get in theaters. Thank you. Can't can't wait to continue the conversation. <laughs>